to the book of law, Leviticus, the 14th chapter. Don't get nervous now. I'm going to take you to Leviticus chapter 14, but I'm not going to leave you there. We're going to couple it with Psalm. We're going to put a song with the law, all right? So we're going to also be reading from Psalm chapter 51, Leviticus chapter 14. And I'm going to just jump through and read some pieces here and then get to Psalm chapter 51. And we'll see what the Lord has in store for us today. Amen. Everybody okay today? Leviticus chapter 14. Verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. Now, verse 3 picks up through verse number 10, and it gives all the details of the process that the leper has to go through. Let's pick up in verse 11. I'm just going to skip over that with you. We'll pick up in verse 11 after uh, that whole passage that talks about uh, the details of the, the cleansing of this disease of leprosy. And verse 11 says, And the priest, everybody say the priest, that maketh him clean, or the one that announces or pronounces that he is clean. See, they, they didn't go to the medical doctor. They went to the priest. And the priest that maketh him clean shall Present the man that is to be made clean. And those things before the Lord. The priest now presents the man before the Lord at the door. Everybody say at the door. At the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Amen. Psalm chapter 51. I'm going to try to bring all this together. Before we're done today, Psalm chapter 51, verse number 7. David cries out, this is very familiar, Purge me with hyssop that I shall be clean. Wash me that I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Everybody say a clean heart. O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach for a little while. You going to help me preach? I'm going to preach that I may be clean. That I may be clean. Lord, help us today to navigate your word today as you would have me do so. I pray right now, Father, over every heart, over every individual, over every life, every person that is in the room now, God, by your power and your spirit, Lord, speak into our hearts today and clean us, wash us, purge us, make us white as snow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. If you didn't laugh at that, you won't laugh the rest of the day either. All right. the, correl the correlation of Leviticus chapter 14 and Psalm 51 is that both are dealing with an issue that required an outside source in order to become clean. Psalm 51 is the cry of man who was overtaken 
in a fall of sin, while Leviticus chapter 14 tells us of a disease that literally overtook man. Both sin and leprosy were a death sentence in that day, primarily a death sentence that, that killed its victim, its victims by the disease that began internally and exposed itself by outward appearance, both sin and leprosy, only became obvious on the outside after it had first taken a very firm grip on the inside. Anybody with me today? And they could both easily go undetected for a very long time before they appeared and then they were only made obvious by a few markers and signs of their existence. That's why people can live a long time and nobody be aware of the sin in their life. The markers can be very small. Once leprosy becomes obvious on the outside, it would start with little specks on the eyelids and in the palm of the hand, gradually spreading over the entire body. One of the effects of the disease was that it destroyed nerve endings and victims couldn't feel any longer. Anybody with me today? They couldn't feel any longer. It destroyed the nerve endings and so pain wasn't realized. They, they could burn themselves, but it wouldn't be noticed. If they broke a bone, it obviously went unnoticed, thus they'd end up damaging and destroying parts of their bodies without even realizing that anything had happened to them. To draw a correlation with me today and witness the similarities between leprosy and sin. And although leprosy was then thought to be excessively contagious. There was some possibility of infection. And so the lepers became social outcasts. They were taken from the city and they were required to live outside the camp, outside the city gate. They were cast out from the public lives uh, of living with their family and their friends of living in the community life of everyone else. And all that they could do was they were relegated to begging for their very own existence. They were unable to take part in all but one of the sacrifices that were offered at the tabernacle. It didn't matter how religious they were. Leprosy would separate them from the presence of God because they couldn't go to make sacrifice with everyone else. Now, there were other diseases that a person could have, but no other disease was treated quite like leprosy. You, you could suffer, suffer the indignities of the flu. You could have an infection or be paralyzed. and You could have cancer or heart disease. But none of these diseases required you to go to the priest 
and to offer sacrifices for your cleansing. These other diseases had no law attached to them to where that there were an absolute eight verses of Leviticus that was given to the law of how it was to be handled if one came down with the sickness. I'm glad that our sickness doesn't define us any longer. Our, our uh, only lepers were required to do certain things. None of the other sicknesses required them to go before the priest for cleansing. Only lepers were required to do this. Only leprosy called for a person who was healed to present themselves to the priest. Everybody okay this morning? Hang with me a little bit. We're going to get somewhere. After that, they would go and the, the process of cleansing the law that we didn't read to you today has a few things that it talks about. They had to shave their head and they were required to bathe their, their bodies and they were required to make sacrifices before their God. Leprosy was the only disease that called for the leper to come into God's presence to ask for cleansing. It was only leprosy. Leprosy in the scripture is a perfect type of sin. Just as leprosy will leave its mark by its distinctive scarring, sin will leave its mark in a life. It will scar a life. And it will remind you constantly of your past. I have often said to many people who have had a hard time overcoming their past, I've said to them, understand this. The reason you need to forgive yourself is because even God can't change your past. The history books can go in and change the written word of history, but it really doesn't change the past. Leprosy began around the eyelids and the hands. It first affected the vision, and then it would affect their works. The first thing that sin does when it enters in a life, everybody okay today? The first thing that sin does when it enters into a life is that it will cause people to lose their spiritual vision. That's why when people begin to stray away from God, the first thing to go is their vision for anything in the future. They lose spiritual vision. It's how sin works. I'm drawing a correlation now between leprosy and sin that enters into a life. It first affected the vision and then it affected their works. It would have then affect their hands. The first thing that sin does is it will first affect your vision and then it will affect everything that you do. The second thing that leprosy affects is the hand. The scripture said, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Lepers were cast out of society. They were banished from those whom they loved. They were diminished to begging for their very own existence. Lepers suffered and it was, it, leprosy was a horrible way for someone to die. It was not a way someone really wanted 
to live, and it certainly wasn't the way that they wanted to die. Lepers suffered from isolation. There was no real home for them to go back to because once that leprosy had been found in a home, even the home had to go through a process. It was, it was now, the, the, it, 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 the, the, the home was often burned. Everything within the home was burned. There was a process of trying to get rid of this disease instead of it spreading. If it couldn't be cleansed, the home was burned. Even the ashes that were left over from the burning of the home had to be taken outside of the city. If there was a time that he would ever be welcomed back into the city, if there was a time he was ever brought back into the city, he had to cry unclean. He came back into the city and he had to cry unclean. He couldn't go into the city and just live a normal life. Everywhere he went, everybody he met, everywhere he got, everybody that he came in contact with, he had to cry unclean. People had to know that this man, this man or this woman, had this horrible disease of leprosy. Lepers suffered from isolation. If there was a time that he came around people, he had to say, I am unclean. Thank you. Lepers suffered a loss of identity. The names of lepers were rarely ever mentioned. You would see there were a leper. There was a leper. We read about one or two in which we can call them by name, but rather they were known by their disease. Now he is relegated to just being a leper. Lepers lost their dignity. They were outcast. Leprosy was repulsive. Everything that a leper touched was defiled and considered unclean. How and why is the Old Testament leprosy a type of sin? I'm glad you ask. If you don't care, I'm going to take a little time this morning to draw this parallel for you. Only sin can cause a man's heart to become defiled like leprosy. The things that we consider small and insignificant will over time infect, grow until it defiles every part of man. Eventually the heart of man will eventually become defiled. Then our inner sins will begin to eat away at us. Then our hidden sin will leave us numb and without feeling. Do you see the parallel here? Then our heart causes us to become someone we never really intended to be. Then our sin spreads its infection into the lives of those around us. Then our sin pushes us into spiritual isolation and it bars us from the presence of God. Remember with me now that our text was written long before Jesus ever cleansed the leper. Before Jesus walked in to cleanse the leper, even then Jesus tells them to go their way. 
there was a way of the leper. He still points him back to the temple. He still points him back to the priest. Jesus never broke the law. He came to fulfill it. Even when Jesus cleansed the leper, he still sends him back to the priest. Still go through the process. Although, I want you to know I am the one that made you clean. Although it was near impossible and although very few survived it, God always had a plan for lepers. God always had a way out. It wasn't a simple plan. As a matter of fact, it was a very elaborate plan. The sin for leprosy was among the most elaborate of plans that we, that we read in Scripture. How one could overcome sickness. You don't read in Scripture how one overcomes heart disease or liver disease or kidney disease. Jesus heals a lady with an issue of blood only with a touch. There are many things in scripture, but with leprosy, it was quite different. God originally planned this elaborate plan. Why? Why would God make such an elaborate plan or ceremony for this and only this disease? I'm going to tell you why. And for the next 10, 15 minutes or so, I'm going to draw this parallel between how he intended to cleanse the leper and how that plan is so clearly defined in the redemption of man's sin. Because since the beginning of time, God always had a plan. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was a plan from the beginning. There was a logos in the beginning. God knew from the very beginning, I'm going to have to make a way. There's going to be leprosy. There's going to be sin in the life. And like leprosy, the only way out is going to be a very elaborate plan. Therefore, I will make myself a body. I will offer it up on a cold, rugged cross. I will shed my blood. I will bleed and die. I will make an elaborate plan. But if he'll come back to the great high priest, he will make him clean. So God is using leprosy as an object lesson. He wanted us to understand what sin looked like to him. Like leprosy, sin deadens us to the pain of our iniquities. Ephesians chapter 4 describes religious people who get caught up in sin. Here's what it says about them having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling, everybody say they're calloused. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. And to all uncleanliness. You see here, it becomes very clear. Now we're into the New Testament of how God is dealing with sin. Like leprosy, sin starts out like a small spot in our lives and it begins to spread throughout our being. Most people feel like it is a small and insignificant 
thing. James chapter 1 and verse 15 said, And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin will lead to death. The little things grow into big things until they deaden our conscience. And the Apostle Paul said, and being without feeling, much like leprosy that ruined the ability to feel, their sin starts out small and then grows to the point that it dominates their entire lives. Their sin disfigures them and causes the image of God within them to die. I have to say, it sounds like a horrible, horrible way to die. To reinforce this connection of how leprosy resembles sin, God often used leprosy as a way of punishing sinners. In the desert, as the people were making their way to the promised land, Miriam insulted her brother Moses, and God struck her with leprosy. King Uzziah was brought down with the the disease after he forced his way into a temple and offered a sacrifice that he had no right to offer. And so God smote him with leprosy. And in the days of the prophet Elisha, there was a man named Naaman. Remember Naaman? One of the few men that we ever, that was a leper that we ever knew his name. He came to be healed of his disease. Elisha sent him down to the Jordan and told him to dip seven times in order to be healed. You see, because leprosy in this instance was connected to water. When he was healed, he returned gratefully and he offered to give Elisha a substantial reward. He wanted to give him an offering. He came and said, I want to give you an offering, prophet. Here's an offering. I was healed. I want to give an offering. Elisha didn't want to take it because he didn't want it to seem like that Naaman was buying his miracle. And so he says, no, I'm not going to receive it. But Elisha had a couple of servants. And the servant of Elisha was deviant in his heart. And the servant of Elisha runs and chases after Naaman when he headed out of town. And he catches up with him. And he said, Elisha has changed his mind. Elisha hadn't changed his mind. But the servant found a way to profit from the prophet. And he runs out and he says... The, 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 the prophet has decided, Elisha has decided that he will accept your offering. And so he gave the money to the servant and the servant runs back. And when he gets back to where Elisha is, he, he was already ahead of the servant. And he turned around and told him what he had done. And God smote the servant with leprosy. Because he messed With God's plan. I don't ever want to get in the way of God's plan. It's a horrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. 
He smote men with leprosy. Again and again throughout the Old Testament, God identified leprosy and sin because both were horrible. Both had terrible results. But Leviticus chapter 14 did offer a little ray of hope for those who were smitten with leprosy because in Leviticus chapter 14, the scripture said, and I read into your hearing this morning, that there was the law of the leper that said that the leper could be healed and that the leper could be cleansed. Now, I want to remind you today, regardless who you are, where you are, how far you've gone, or how far you have come, it doesn't matter how bad you think that your sin is. I want to tell you that there is a recovery plan. It's an elaborate plan that included Jesus Christ going to a cross and dying for whatever sin that you may have committed. So there's hope this morning. As a matter of fact, the possibility of a leper being cleansed was so great. It was so common that the Jewish temple had a specific area in the court of women dedicated to the healed lepers. It was a place for them to come where they met the priest. (laughs) Oh, saint and sinner alike, can I tell you this morning, I'm a little ahead of you in this message right now, right? I know where I'm about to go to. I know what this long and boring runway that we've been on is about to lead to because I want to tell you, saint or sinner alike, I want to remind you today that the message that God is sending us in Leviticus chapter 14 is that sin may have disfigured you, dismembered you, may have destroyed much of your life, but he's saying there is still a way out. There is still a recovery method to bring you out and you can be cleansed oh yes one of the oddities of this text is that the leper was to be healed of his leprosy but he wasn't cleansed of the disease until he obeyed the law of the leper I came this morning to tell you that when you come to the Lord, you can repent and he's faithful and just to forgive you. At the moment of your repentance, he'll forgive you. But there is a process that he's going to take you through. It is called the law of sin and death. It will destroy you. But there is also the law of God and of life. He said, I come not to take your life, but to give your life back to you. I came that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Yes, there's hope for you, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. He has made a way. There's people in this world who recognize the harm they've done to themselves and others. So they decide to change their lives. They try to undo the damage of their past. They look for ways to do so. They've become a better person, truly. It's a great step, but on the inside, 
there still may be the filthy residue of sin. Their souls are still soiled by the reminders of their past. The guilt is still there. The shame is still there. The pain is still there. Such is like when David in Psalm 51 begins to talk to the Lord. He is now beyond his sin. But David begins to talk to the Lord. And he says, cleanse me, O Lord. I told you a couple of weeks ago that, the, that, that when he said cleanse me, he said purge me with hyssop. This is how he started. Purge me with hyssop. His prayer did not begin with washing me. Because washing me has to do with the outside. Purging me. Oh, and some of you just, you, you, you're not, you, you don't even care where we are this morning. But I've got to tell you that God begins His work on the inside. Somebody said, well, I'm not seeing it. You don't have to see it. But when God begins the work of purging on the inside, you can rest assured, be rest, you can rest assured that God is going to complete his work from the inside to the outside. David said, purge me with hyssop that I may be clean. Wash me that I may be white as snow. The work of redemption that God does in a life is a process. It doesn't happen in just an instant. Oh, pastor, you saying salvation doesn't come in an instant? I'm telling you at the moment you repent, he forgives you. And you may be, you, you, you have made a great step. I believe at baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. I believe all these things are important. I believe they're all important steps. But a lot of folks get to that point of repentance, baptism, being filled with the Holy Ghost, and their life stops there. That's why there's a lot of weak and sickly and afflicted Christians. Come on, some of you are going to get this in a few minutes. There's a lot of people walking around and you still have all the marks of sin all over you. You still show the attitude. Your spirit is still still covered with that old leprosy. It, you may be you may be feel like you're saved and on your way to heaven, but God is beginning to do a work. And if you'll allow him today, he will complete the work that he has started in your life. David had sinned and he was still overwhelmed by the filthiness of his soul. And he recognized that God would be right if he would kill him. He deserved it. But then David asked God to do something for him. Cleanse me, O God. Created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. God was ask, David was asking God to do for him what he could not do for himself. Anybody ever reach the point that you feel like I've done all I know to do? That's when God is about to show up in your life. Because when you've done everything you can do, get ready, God. Mm. 
God is about to show up. God is about to do a work. I feel like that that is what God is wanting to do for somebody today. I want to remind you that in the tabernacle there were sacrifices and offerings for almost everything imaginable. There was a sacrificial lamb. There were turtle doves. There were oxen. There were bulls. There were goats. There was a male lamb and a ewe lamb and burnt offerings and scent offerings and drink offerings and meat offerings and blood sacrifices and turtle doves and we could go on with all of the different offerings and sacrifices that man was making they were all offered for different reasons but I come today to tell you that the law of the leper was different than any of the other laws regarding sin and cleansing it wasn't that they needed to get an oxen or a turtle dove but if the man had been healed of leprosy he couldn't send an animal in his stead are you with me this morning he couldn't send an animal in his stead but instead he had to be brought before the priest as the sacrifice therefore the scripture said present your bodies a living You can't send somebody else in your stead. Your offering will not do it. Your daily devotion will not do it. You have got to present yourself. He couldn't send anything or anybody in his stead. He had to present himself. And the priest had to inspect him. And only the priest could declare him clean. Hebrew says it like this. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. The double negative in the King James Version turns that into a positive. In other words, we have a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of the infirmity. What is the infirmity? It's not leprosy he's talking about. It's sin. He's saying it doesn't matter when you show yourself to the high priest. Here I am God. I'm a sinner. Here I am God. I'm broken. He is touched by the feeling of our infirmity. Therefore, God looks at you. You don't need a preacher to make you righteous. You don't need mama and daddy to make you righteous. All you need is the high priest to look at you and declare they are clean. Let's stand to our feet today. I want you to know something. The priest is in the house today. He is here to declare you clean. And if I were you, ladies and gentlemen, I would want to run to the priest today and say, Father, make me clean. I can't do it for myself. I can't cleanse myself. But the one thing I can do is I'm not sending anything or anybody else in my stead. I'm not appeasing myself or my conscience with any other way, but I'm coming today to bring myself to you. Here I am, Lord. Cleanse me. Announce me to be clean before you. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed all over the room. Nobody's moving right now. 
I speak into every life and every heart, every man and woman in the room that he loved you enough to make a way for you. He wants to make you clean today. If there is any spot or blemish in you today, it's only him that can make it clean. I open these altars today. I give you an opportunity to step from where you are. Join with these that are already coming forward this morning. Would somebody like to come today and say, I'm showing myself to the priest, Lord. This is between me and you. There's nobody else. Just me and you. I show myself to you, Lord. Oh, yes. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. Sing it now. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free. So So I could be You were worth saving. saving. Ah, yes, he did. So you you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. Oh, yes, yes, yes. could be whole so I could tell everyone I know you thought I was worth saving yes you did Lord so you came and changed my life 